all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? <laughs> I, I tried not to. <laughs> I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things, a podcast in which we greet you with laughter and leave you with tears. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not, too. I realized that sounded a little too morbid when I said it. But well, our, our topics are more morbid. Mm-hmm. So, are more morbid. More morbid, yes. More morbid. <laughs> more, more, more morbid. Um, but yeah, I, I hope well, I don't people think don't we, cry. I don't, yeah, yeah. A couple of things get have gotten really sad, but um, like last week's the um, K two nineteen, the kid Preminin who um, yeah had to uh, put yeah. it, install the last coolant rod. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and also I did want to. It's not necessarily a corrections corner thing per se, but just a, a little bit of an asterisk. Um, so the way I told the story was the way I saw in the, you know, in the sources I had that he, that the first guy inserted the three out of the four rods and mm-hmm. he inserted the last one. Mm-hmm. There are sources that say it was the opposite, that the first oh. guy only inserted one and that Sergey Priminin, um, inserted the other three. So... I couldn't tell, like, which source is more reliable than which. So, but that's just something to note. Sure. Uh, it's, I mean... Either way, they were both pretty pretty yes. brave. And unfortunately, yes. cost one of them their life. Yes. So. Yeah, so. Um, and we linked to some um, articles on Facebook that Teddy, who, our listener Teddy, who suggested the topic last week, um, uh, link, uh, sent me links to mm-hmm. uh, more about um, Sergei Preminin and his um, his posthumous uh, honors, mm-hmm. and in some cases, lack thereof, like uh, ways that he people were wanting him to be recognized, but that was a bit of a struggle. So, thank you for that, Teddy, as well as the suggestion. So, um, yeah, it was an excellent um, story. It, yes, not yeah. Not in the sense that, but you know what I mean. It was a fascinating yes. story, really. Yeah, yeah. Things and I things I'd never thought of that I think yeah. most people who are listening to it probably like. Yeah, you could have a nuclear meltdown in, in the, the ocean. ocean. Yeah, like I'd never thought of that before. But yep. Yeah. Well, I I mean, doing that story was the first time I really thought about what nuclear submarines were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, if you can have a meltdown in a power plant, of course you can have a meltdown in a nuclear submarine. So yeah. Scary, scary stuff. So what about our uh, Sochmeads this week? Oh, yes. Sochmeads. Well, first of all... We've done something new. Yes. First of all, follow us at All Bad Things Pod on all the Sochmeads um, and rate, review, rescribe, the three R's, as we know. Uh, but yes, we did our first Twitter poll this week. Now, as we're recording, it's still not... It's still going on. Um, it's But by the time we release this episode, it will have been done. But... 
I asked, uh, what kind of disasters do you find most fascinating? And the options that I put were natural disasters, air disasters, crowd disasters, and then other. And asking people who picked other to elaborate, Specify. like what else? Uh huh. Um, and so far, as of as of this publication or whatever, you know, as <laughs> as of this exact moment when we're recording, about halfway through. Um, the time of the poll, we've had 16 votes, and natural disasters is at 38%, okay. followed by air disasters at 31%, crowd disasters at 19%, and other at 12%. And the things people have said, commented on about other, um, Emily said, well, it says Emma here. Emily, are you Emma or Emily? <laughs> I see your last name. It's and I know uh, you're Emma. Emily. It's Emma Lee. Emma Lee. <laughs> Anyway, let me know if you're now going by Emma. But anyway, uh, she said man-made disasters usually like, and and it's kind of varied, uh, like Deepwater Horizon. Sure. um, And and then also like the Hyatt Regency collapse, which I believe was a walkway. So she's right, man-made disasters can really run a gamut. Um, And, oh, and then Anxiety Goblin. Uh, said <laughs> at Vaulted the no, Wall. No way they listen to us. I know, right? No. <laughs> People with anxiety are super into disasters no, was, and I, true crime. It's pretty it's great. Anxiety goblin. <laughs> um, but they said, I'm super into shipwrecks, which that's... We've, we've done a couple. Well, we've done... Our shipwrecks, including when they, they sink or only when they wreck on land... Well, we did the one. Um, did we do it? Chica- yeah, in Chicago. Well, but Outside they sank. It sank. It didn't yeah. wreck on land. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay. Uh, I see what you mean. Well, anxiety goblin, feel free to elaborate on that. Um, so, and then we got some good suggestions of other things. Oh, and um, everything is mama said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Guys, what about bridges? We forgot bridges, and it's true. And not only that, but we haven't done a bridge collapse. We have not. And there's so, a, there's one that happened only a couple of years ago that would be... The FIU bridge collapse happened very recently in Miami. So, yeah, that happened. It happens. We apologize for not getting around to that we'll particular type of We'll have to do that soon. Yes. Yes. And everything is Mama had some good what, suggestions. What is this? Episode 59? Episode 60. 60. Yes. And we've gone 60 episodes With without, no a, without a bridge collapse. We so. clearly have to. We've mentioned the bridges as You in get Bo a bridge collapse. And, and you get a bridge collapse. <laughs> and you. I'm sure there are plenty to choose from. Oh, yes. A, a disturbing number yeah. of plenty. Yeah. My sister's a little scared of bridges because, I mean, it does, it's not infrequent. No. <laughs> so um, if, I, if you were to answer this poll... What would you say? So natural disasters, air disasters, crowd disasters, or something I else? I think natural disasters. Yeah? Yeah. Any, any type of disaster in particular? Not necessarily. Well, I mean, earthquakes are usually pretty historical. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of... When you go into the depths of an earthquake and mm-hmm. how the damage was caused and stuff like that, most of the time you're going to follow a long line of corruption, like building mm. codes, a stuff like that. A lot of building that. code Just, stuff, yeah. You know... Yeah. Um, <laughs> like we learned in Haiti. And yeah. When, when they were like, uh, what's a building code? Right? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Mine, and I kind of said this here, um, 
I said my gateway disasters were stampedes and crowd disasters. That's probably, um, it, it really was sort of gateway because kind of the first time I really became mildly obsessed with crowd disasters, um, or with, with disasters in general was, um, I did a wiki wormhole one day at work on all the nightclub fires. And that's oh, when I learned about yeah. the station and, uh, um, sure there's quite a few of those too. There's so many. We're going to have, we've already done a couple. Yep. And as we've said, we will unfortunately never have a lack of things to report <laughs> no. on or, or do you know, topics. We to could do, do this. We could both live to a hundred, do this once a week. And, and we never would get still, them. <laughs> we'd still not run out of topics. Very true. Very true. So. Or not topics. We wouldn't run out of tragedies. Yeah. Which is our topic. Because there, <laughs> there are tragedies that are going to happen five, 10, 15, 20 years from now that. There are tragedies that are going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. That happened today. That, that too. That will, yeah. All right. So before we get into it, um, what you drinking? I am having... Uh, Limetown Lager, which is from Deep River, mm-hmm. here in Clayton, North Carolina. Clayton. Clayton. I've, I almost in said Jenko. Clayton. I almost said Clayton, New York, oh. which also does exist, and has a which brewery also has a brewery that we've been, that we've been to. Been yeah. to. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> Me neither. But we've been there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, Johnson County's first legal brewery. Right. It actually is a pretty cool place. Yes, like, it is. We haven't been there in a while, but no, I like to go. We haven't. We haven't. Yeah. And I'm drinking a fun new brew that you got for me from Palmetto Brewing Company, which we initially both were thinking maybe was out of Florida, but they're actually out of Charleston, South Carolina, which also makes sense because you said South Carolina is the Palmetto state. Mm-hmm. And it is... It's on rat- the flag and everything. Oh, that's true. Yeah, with the little mm, half, the, or mm, crescent, crescent moon. moon. Yeah. Um, this is the Raspberry Rewind, Raspberry Wheat Ale. It's good. It's nice and um, yeah. summery, not too fruity. No. Delicious. All D- right. Delicious. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that being said, yes. what do we have on deck? So I was starting to sort of give you some hints earlier that we'll rehash here and then we'll go a little further because you were like, save it for the pod. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is, which is yes. true. Which is true. So I said it was an historic disaster, mm-hmm. or at the very least, certainly not modern, but not ancient. You said 18th or 19th century? No, I didn't specify no. century. I just said it's not ancient. But it's not modern. Okay. So it's historic in between ancient and modern history, I guess. I don't know if there is a moderate in the middle, but anyway. Um, We'll have to come up with a term for it. Yes. Um, It deals with a language that neither of us are familiar with. And when I tell you what it is, the response is probably going to be, what? (laughs) Same as the trigger warning. Um, So, any guesses? The crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Oh, wait. We don't do crimes. <laughs> wait. Did you say crucifixion? Cruci- uh, what, what happened to him? It's a crucifixion. Crucifixion. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Cru- uh, <laughs> I like crucifixion, Crucifixion. I'm not joking. <laughs> uh-huh. That was um, in the TV show Friday Night Lights, uh-huh. which was a really good show. The okay. first season, anyway. Uh-huh. Um, the one kid had a Christian metal band, and that was its name was Crucifixion. <laughs> so that's where you got <laughs> that's it from. What I was thinking of. 
Anybody who's seen That's that show funny. knows what I'm talking about. There's a lot of very big fans of Friday Night Lights. Like I said, the first season was excellent. I mm-hmm. watched every episode, mm-hmm. but the second season was just like, eh. down and then by there. the time I got to the third one, I was just like, I really don't care about these people anymore. But the first season was excellent. All I know is like, big eyes, bright hearts can't win. <laughs> That wasn't Bright Lights, it. Big City, Can't Lose. That wasn't it either. I can't remember exactly what it was. It's something was, like Wide was, Eyes, was, Big Hearts, it, Can't Lose. It, it was neither of those. <laughs> None of those. I'm sure someone will point that out as to what it was, but neither of us know now. I'm sure we have at least one crossover Friday night. I would Lights imagine fan. so. I would imagine so. So, oh, um, here's the last hint. In those, you know, the in the Twitter poll where I had the um, types of disasters. It would fit under other. It is not a natural disaster. It is not a crowd disaster. It is not an air disaster. We, my friends, today are going to get into Cocolizzi. Yeah, exactly. What? (laughs) What? I don't... What? Okay. Is that a place? No. Is it a person? No. Okay. (laughs) It's a thing. Okay. Okay. Like, so, like, a, like a Loch Ness monster is a thing. Like what? Well, no, it's not an animal. Okay. But it it could be. It's a living thing. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, between 1545 and 1548 CE, so as we've discussed, mm-hmm. Common Era, also called AD, an estimated five million to fifteen million people died of a mysterious illness Mm. in the territory of New Spain in what is often considered the worst disease epidemic in the history of Mexico. No shit. And one of the worst in the world. So we are talking about an epidemic today. We haven't done an epidemic in quite a while. No, I think the only one we've done was the 1918 flu epidemic. Um, I looked back, and that was the only one I saw. Well, thalidomide, I guess, doesn't necessarily count. That was no, something different. No, that was like different. a, a medical yeah. disaster, yeah. kind of. But yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. Up to 15 wow. million people, which makes it one of the worst in all of history. What was the 1918 flu pandemic? Oh, it was a lot. <laughs> was, it, was, it, was it millions or was it hundreds of thousands? No, it was millions. It was millions for sure. Okay. I'm going to break my rule of normally not Googling things. Um, but that, that was a lot of episodes ago. It, it, it not the nineteen sixty eight. Jeez, come on! <laughs> not the nineteen eighteen Florida Gator football team. Not the nineteen seventy five Spanish flu. That's right. That's what yeah. it was called. Um, it infected five hundred million and led to fifty to a hundred million deaths. So, oh shit! Yeah, oh my far God. out okay. outranked Cocolitzi. How do, I, how do I not remember that death toll? Oh my I know, right? That's our biggest well, one. You know what I've found. I feel like I forget the details of these disasters like that because we're just constantly talking about different ones. I think it's just, we remember the overall picture, but it's really, and like the really crazy details, but it's hard to remember. I mean... Like like with some sports talk shows that I listen to, mm-hmm. sometimes it'll drive me nuts when the hosts say, "Well, I don't remember saying that." And like, like yes, you do. Like <laughs> I remember you saying that. But then when people bring up stuff yeah. that we, t- I'm like, I don't remember saying that. Uh-huh. <laughs> like no, it's because we're talking about it. Right. We're not listening. 
Right. Yeah. And even per like se. you do listen yes. to our episodes. I don't. I never listen to them, which probably explains our editing <laughs> or lack thereof. But yeah, no, you're right. It's different hearing it than it is being the one to say it. So all right. So So what is this called again? I'm sorry. Cocolizzi. Cocolizzi. No, now I'm gonna spell it out. It's C-O-C-O-L-I-Z-T-L-I, which could technically be like Cocolizzi. Sure. But I think it's kind of, from what I could tell, it's sort of slurred to Kokolitsi. Okay. Um, and we'll get into where that word came from. But because this is an historic um, disaster, there's going to be a lot of history to unpack, obviously, in this. Because usually in our historical disasters, there's less detail and usually what's the most interesting thing about it is all the surroundings. Sure. You know, the broader view of history. There's so. not a whole lot of detail to go on. Uh, yeah, from, exactly. From exactly. That. You're absolutely right. So, yes, there's going to be some mystery it's and some like ambiguity. It's not like there was like a reporter and a camera right. crew and a newspaper right. that were it's just, Right. You know. There's no website about it. You no. know, no breaking news. No one was tweeting about no. it. And even, even not that advanced, like, people weren't, um, like writing down like when we got into um the eruption of vesuvius Mm -hmm. there were like uh pliny the younger was the only one actually who had a written account that anybody knew of so yeah um he's like i should probably write this down (laughs) maybe i should maybe maybe i should should sketch this in my journal interested in this in the future i don't know Mm. um but there there's kind of other reasons that this is a little less um not that it's unknown, but just maybe a little less covered or whatever you want to say. It affected primarily non-white people. So anytime that white people are involved, things are usually kept better track of. At least in the Western world, we know. Especially back in the day. But anytime, but anyway. Um, so we're going to start with a deep dive into history by me who really didn't learn anything past the age of 12 that <laughs> by, I didn't want to learn the, about. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the homeschool dropout Yes, is, the, all, is going to teach us about history. I, I was the self-homeschooled <laughs> homeschool dropout. So, yes, and this is going to be great. If I see a band on Spotify with that name, mm-hmm. you're, get, you're getting sued. That was our idea. <laughs> we have it recorded right here. <laughs> all right. So this is going to sound super ignorant, how I put things, but apologies. Not really. I'm not really sorry. I'm just going to say this the way. Hopefully it will make sense. Anyway, so back in the day, there was lots of empires, right? Like it, it wasn't so much about individual countries as it was like, let's go conquer everything and have vast swaths of land all over. A representative government never crossed anybody's <laughs> mind no. at this point in time. Nope. Nope. So there was a lot of conquering, overlording, and a lot less freedom in general. Way less than we have now. Like, way, way less. Quite a bit. So, um, well, the Spanish Empire was one of those empires. In fact, the Spanish Empire is considered the first global empire in history. That's how big they were. Um, They weren't, like, the first of any kind of empire. Obviously, we know, like, the Roman Empire and all that. So, um, and many, many others that we'll not name because I don't know them. But anyway, (laughs) 
<laughs> the Ottoman Empire. Oh, there you go. That was, uh-huh. that was about 500 years. Yeah, yeah. So the Sp- They would have been around at this time. Yeah. Um, the Spanish Empire lasted from, like, the late 1400s to the early 1800s, so, like, 300 years and change. That's a pretty good run. Yes, and it had its heyday in the 1500s and 1600s. Now, when I said the started in the late 1400s, what happened in the late 1400s that we talked about kind of recently? Uh, Christopher Columbus sailed oh. to America. Mm-hmm. Or, um, uh, I'm doing, you can't, air quotes, you can't yeah. see them, but I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it just with one hand then. Air quote, single air, air quote. quote. Yes. Um, so yes, indeed. Uh, and we know Columbus sailed the ocean blue and whatever the fuck in 1492. And he discovered all sorts of, he's like, hey, here's all, there's the all, shit there's, we can there's all this shit for the taking mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. Come on. Now, Columbus himself was Italian. Yes, which, it was. Which, you know, kind of explains the whole, whole Sopranos tie-in that we were talking about in the Haiti episode, Haiti Earthquake episode. Um, but it sounds like Spain's got the money, so they're like, hey. In fact, um, Columbus actually went to the Spanish court and lobbied, like, here, let me go yes, sail and yes. conquer shit for you. Because he was one of the people pushing this theory, mm. which somehow was back again. Oh, God. That the Earth is not flat. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> no, that the Earth is flat. No, his theory is that it wasn't at that time. Oh, people okay. thought it was. Okay, gotcha. He was the he was the crazy one. Mm. Because other years people ago. thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we have the flat Earthers. Oh my and, God, yeah. I just that's ridiculous. Anyway, two, two things that I never ever thought would come back ever: mm-hmm. flat Earth theories. And cassette tapes, and, and they <laughs> and they freaking both, both come, come back. back. Yes, I don't know how that happened, but it did. Oh. So, anyway, that's that's what started the whole quote New World contingent of the Spanish Empire, sure. which eventually included because they were looking at oh, it look is look at all this land. It yeah. is round, mm-hmm. and we can get to it. <laughs> yeah, so let's take it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the the New World, you know, in quotes, uh, part of uh, the Spanish Empire included New Spain, which we'll get into in just a, a second. Um, I've heard that before. Okay. Okay. So so New Spain was started when Hernan Cortez, who I have heard of Cortez, the mm-hmm. conquistador, um, who conquered the Aztecs in fifteen twenty one. And that territory became New Spain. Because he has a link to the conquistador that took Florida. Um, Ponce de Leon? Yes. Okay. They're like a generation apart from each other. Something like I that. Didn't, I didn't go super into the yeah, conquistadors. But but, yeah. <laughs> or if you're Procol Harum, the conquistadors. <laughs> Have you ever heard that song? Conqu- well, Conquistador by Procol Harum. I don't think so. Do you know who Procol Harum was? I've heard the name. Okay. They did um, Whiter Shade of Pale. That was like their biggest hit. Okay, yes. Um, but they did a song that just goes, Conquistador. And they, that's how they pronounce it. It's Conquistador. Or, no, Conquistador. conquistador. Yeah, Conquistador. And da, 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 da. I forget what the rest of it is. Anyway. So the Aztecs. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love how you know just these the most random songs ever. And, like and Conquistador I, by Procol Harum? And mm. how your dad knows Basketball Jones by Cheech and Chong. Like a <laughs> Basketball Jones! 
basketball Jones. I didn't knew that song when I was a little kid because my dad liked it. I also knew the whole um, Cheech and Chong sneaking each other in, in the to the drive-in in the trunk bit and uh, Isaac Air Freight, the Christian version of Cheech and Chong. I knew a bunch of their skits too. My dad's wonderful and special. He, he is one of a kind. He is very unique. Um, so the Aztecs <laughs> um, were. Her father is an Aztec. <laughs> <laughs> The Aztecs, um, the indigenous people of uh, Mexico, basically, right. um, but not not strictly um, the borders of Mexico as we know it, but right. uh, the Aztecs and the Mayans, as we know, mm-hmm. the Mayans were more in South America, mm-hmm. but um, the Aztec Empire began around 1300. That's when they settled in, in that area, um, and they were conquered and colonized by the Spanish in 1521, so after a couple hundred years. Now, <clears throat> to get back to New Spain, New Spain was enormous. Uh, it in- are you ready for this? Because this is going to be a crazy, crazy list. It encompassed modern day, so this is all like what it is now, Mexico, Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Nevada, New Mexico, Oregon, Texas, Utah, and Washington. Parts of British Columbia, Idaho, Kansas, Louisiana, we're still going, Oklahoma, Montana, and Wyoming. And Guatemala, Belize, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, Cuba, the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Trinidad and Tobago, and Guadalupe. And the Philippines, the Caroline Islands, the Mariana Islands, and part of Taiwan. That's how... Holy shit. Yes, that's how big this new Spain was. This colony. Uh, okay. Like no shit they had global dom- domination on their mind. Right. They they mm-hmm. succeeded. Mhm. Holy fuck. Yep. Just Yep, yep, yep. They essentially a little bit further west, but let's start with Texas. It seems like everything west of Texas in North America, they controlled. Ba- basically, yeah, as you look through that. Everything, like, on the... And Florida. On the, yes, and then on the northwest coast of... Did you say some South American countries or no? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. um, uh, Honduras. Well, no, that's all... Let's... Hold on. No. Okay. This Guatemala, Belize, Costa oh, well, Rica, oh, I was, well, Central I was America. Part, I was thinking parts of Canada. Western oh, parts yes, of Canada. Yes, yes, yes. Part control. of British Columbia. Yes. Uh, I mean, just a small part, but yes. Still... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was huge. And then it goes all the way to the Philippines? Yes, it, it included, like, <laughs> the Philippines, the Caroline Islands, Mariana Islands, and even a part of Taiwan. That's... So, yeah. That's obscene. It was enormous. Yeah. Yes. And that was just, quote, New Spain. That wasn't everything they had. That was just that. That's, that was the new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the capital of New Spain was Mexico City. Which, that's when it was established, but it had previously been called Tenochtitlan by the Aztecs. So that was, Tenochtitlan turned into Mexico City, which okay. is still, obviously still standing today. And, and one of the most populous cities of the world. In the world, you know, yeah. It's like 21 million or something. I, I don't know why I, I could be I totally off on that, but I, no, it's it, millions. It's, it's, I think it is that A couple tens much. of millions, yeah. yeah. Also one of the most polluted cities in the world, but... well. That's what happens when you get that many people. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So Tenochtitlan was the Aztec name for the city, and the ruins of Tenochtitlan, or at least some of them, can still be seen in modern-day Mexico City. 
some of the Aztec ruins. So, all right. So when we're talking about the time period of this epidemic, we're talking just after the conquering of the Aztec Empire. So this this epidemic began in 1545, and they were officially conquered in 1521. So it was like 24 okay. years. Okay, all right. So, so it was a... This kind of disease manifested itself within a couple of decades. Yes, like pretty quickly. Yes. Um, now the when they were when they were conquered um, or colonized, subjugated, taken over, whatever you want to say, slaughtered, uh, killed, many murdered, of those things. Yes, and that's true. Genocide. Many many Aztecs died. Yeah. During the conquering that's, of the that's Aztec Empire, how it was five hundred years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, but their culture and their language did not just disappear. Um, uh, so uh, colonization caused plenty of abuse and multiple epidemics, not just this one. This just happened to be the worst one. And countless deaths, but it wasn't just like a sudden genocide. It was, it was more of a long, slow, and pay- painful one. Um, and there were even Aztec, quote-unquote, rulers after the conquering um, by Spain, but they're basically installed by they're kind Spanish of, Empire they're kind, as puppets. They're kind of puppets, yeah. yeah. figureheads without yeah. independent power. They, they made deals like, uh, we won't kill you if you give us this much territory, and they're like, okay, good. Well, Great. well, or, um, yeah, you can serve on the, quote, government, yeah. but you're going to do what we tell you're, you. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to do anything. Yeah. Um, but the Aztec language of Nahuatl and Aztec culture was still flourishing at this point. So the Kokolitsi is um, Nahuatl. It's a Nahuatl word. And we'll get into that a little bit more. The um, en- entomo- entomology of that. I always get entomology and etymology. No, etymology of that. The etymology is the word. Entomology is books. Okay. So, just like I just mentioned, the indigenous Aztec people were highly affected by epidemics, um, as many, 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 many indigenous peoples throughout the world were throughout history. So I just wanted... And still are. Oh, yes. And I still wanted... So I just wanted to delve into epidemiology, just a skosh, um, and going to delve slightly into the anti-vax versus vaccine sort of situation. So caution controversy ahead. But um, so in Mexico, Central America and South America, so we're kind of panning out here, uh, not just to the Aztec people, it was estimated. And this is just an estimate because, you know, it's hard to get accurate numbers when you're talking about huge numbers of people and also when you're talking about history. But to the best of historians' um, estimates, uh, there were about 37 million indigenous people in, in these areas, Mexico, Central America, and South America, at the time of Columbus's first voyages, about 6 million of whom were Aztec, so to tie it back to our story, within the next 200 years or so, so just a couple centuries, the lowest estimates say that about 90% of the indigenous population of the so-called New World had died from disease. Wow. That's how devastating it was. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about tens of millions of people. If you're in a group of ten, mm-hmm. nine of you are going to die. Yes. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. So the reason for this is a little something called herd immunity. 
So herd immunity is the idea that when a large portion of the population in a given area, so this could be it could be globally, it could be like a country, it could be a state or a, a region, or even just a community. But if, if a large number of people within that, that group um, is immune to an infectious disease, it's not just them who are perfect, protected from the disease, but their immunity helps protect those who aren't immune. So the idea is they, they like... They, they provide a break in the chain of infection. So, like, if person A is, a, is infected with a communicable disease and they come into contact with three other people, like person B, person C, and person D, and none of them are immune to the disease, then all three of them become carriers. They, you know, everyone that they encounter, et cetera, et cetera. But let's say person C and D are also immune. Then it's only person B who's carrying on the... Uh, the, the disease, you know, so it, the idea is it, it breaks off the chances of carrying it on to other people and further infecting other people. There's essentially layers of immunity. Yeah, kind of like it, it's like a system. Yeah. And the more people who are immune through natural immunity or vaccines, um, the the fewer people overall who will be affected by it, especially like really negatively like deaths or serious illnesses as a result which is obviously the kind of the main thing that you're trying to avoid it would be one thing if it was like oh it's a little unpleasant but most communicable diseases at least to some populations are are potentially deadly yeah just Mm -hmm. dire Yes. So this, my friends, is why we vaccinate against communicable diseases because... What? We do what? Yeah, and I'm going to say sorry, not sorry at all to the anti-vaxxers. Even if you know someone who knows someone who says their kid got autism from a vaccine, (laughs) like, I'm looking at you, Jill Stein, who left the door open for that. It was actually, that was actually started by Michelle Bachman. No, there's plenty of politicians yeah. who did, but you know my beef with Jill Stein. I do. She was a major presidential candidate. Well, minor presidential candidate. She took a lot of votes from Hillary. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just, anyway, I'm not even going to get go there, but, um, well, I already did, but I'm going to stop going there. <laughs> so, but the problem is, like, yes, it is possible and even likely that a very small number of people will indeed have a reaction and maybe some sort of long-term effect, but it's kind of like a, sorry, it's still protecting way more people than it's hurting. My, my thing with the anti-vaxxers is this. Are there some vaccines and stuff like that that are kind of out of date that aren't necessary? Probably, maybe. Well, we don't get the smallpox vaccine anymore because right. it's in polio. But to not vaccinate at all is just fucking stupid it's first of all most anti-vaxxers are basing their information off of very incorrect non-scientific information about links between vaccines it's a whole conspiracy theory thing yeah it's it's, it's just it's an industry built on like just complete fabrication yeah like i said like are there is there an argument that you don't need all of them sure there is I'll listen to that argument, but that you don't need any is just, again. Well, and and the thing is, like, the whole point is maybe you could survive 
like, okay, the measles. Say you, if you got the measles, which you can be vaccinated against, say you, you, you'll be sick, but you'll be fine. Yeah, but you can also pass it on to sure. someone else who is not going to that be That doesn't fine. mean everybody will. Right. Yeah. So, and if a super small percentage of the population who is vaccinated have negative um, reactions to it, it is still better than huge portions or much more statistically larger portions of the population dying from not being that va- or from people not being vaccinated, dying from the disease itself. So it's super harsh, but it's a numbers game that plays out. And no, we're not going to get out of it with nobody being affected. You know, it's just a matter of like, uh, I don't know. And yes, there are some instances in which people can't be vaccinated because of for medical reasons. And that's one thing. But people who don't choose it, I just that those are the people I'm throwing shade to people who are saying that their kid's going to get autism if they do it. First of all, <laughs> that's not true. And second of all, like you're putting your kid and many, many others in danger. Yeah. Again, you're breaking herd immunity. Again, hearkening back to an episode we did. 40 episodes ago, whatever it was, on the the uh, Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a couple months ago, somebody putting up, um, like, oh, flu vaccine uh, creates another death. And all these people oh. on, on the post on Twitter were like, you know what has caused more deaths? The flu. The flu, yeah. <laughs> by a lot. By, uh-huh. by literally hundreds of millions. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to sound cold, but... If you were to die from a vaccine, that would suck. Yes, that would be that would be terrible. But and it's still worth being uh, encouraging people to get vaccinated because more people would die if they weren't. So, like, if all all lives being equal, sorry, got to play the numbers game. If five Super people, cold, ha- but yeah, if five people have to die so a hundred million people can live, sorry. It bears, the numbers bear it out. Yeah. It sucks if it's you. Yep. But we all bear that risk. Yes, so, we do. Anyway, so I should probably move on. <laughs> so. I heard a lot of people tuning out. So, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, obviously, vaccines are not the only way to develop a herd immunity. Um, it can be developed through exposure and subsequent mm-hmm. well, immunity. Even, uh, modern day, like last you know, 100, mm-hmm. 150 years. I mean, a, a blood transfusion, something like that could pass on. Sure. But I'm talking about like, if you, um, like there, you, you know, the whole, uh, if you get chicken pox when you're little, you're not going to yeah. get it again. No. sort of a thing because your body develops immunity. That's, yeah. that's the idea. D- did you say you didn't get it or you did? I did. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I, I did too. Yeah. I got it when I was four. I think I was, I was pretty like, young. I think I was like five or six. Yeah. I, I got it coming <clears throat> back home from Myrtle Beach. Oh. <laughs> in the car. I got it from a, a little girl in Sunday school. Okay. Yeah. And mine was not that bad, um, but I passed it on to my sister, and hers was really bad. <laughs> so she ended up with a scar. You know, like m- sure. most people, like usually on your temple yeah. or somewhere on your face. Because you get a, a bunch of blisters, essentially. That's what it yeah, turns into. Yeah, and so there can be like a pock mark. Um, my sister has one. I do not. I did not get one. But my, like I said, mine wasn't all that bad. I just <laughs> made it bad for her, which sucks. And and it is a it, it is a potentially dangerous disease. And they have developed a vaccine. Tweet us about your chicken pox stories. <laughs> <if you're... laughs> there are pictures. I don't of me see at them. age four. Oh no, I do you not. You know what my parents did? You know what my parents thought would be cute? No, I, I don't want to know. They put. I had a little bikini bathing suit <laughs> oh, when God. I was four. They dressed me up in this little bikini, 
and took pictures of me with my pock marks. <laughs> Because they thought it was funny. And I, I stood there smiling, like, huge smile, my little teeth missing. I hope I never see that picture. You probably have. I feel like I've shown it to I, you, but I, anyway. No, that sounds like something that would have been burned into my brain. <laughs> it was kind of cute. It's not <laughs> anything bad. Anyway, so that's how herd immunity happened prior to vaccines. You were exposed. You developed immunity. And so then you weren't going to pass it on, you know, in the future, or you would uh, not become uh, infected and then continue to... Your community built up a tolerance. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because during the conquering and overtaking of those in North America, South America, other parts of the New World, by people who were otherwise geographically removed from that area and who could carry... This disease still, but without their population being as affected because of herd immunity, um, there are multiple instances of indigenous peoples then contracting these disease. And because they have no herd immunity, because this is a, a disease from a different part of the they world. They have no antibodies. They have nothing built up. Right. For it. And they end up dying in really large numbers. It's like the, um, uh, you know, they say don't drink the water in Mexico or whatever because you haven't been exposed to those bacteria or whatever. I've stayed overnight in Mexico one time at a pretty fancy hotel and there were two different water fountains. What? One was the, the water coming out of the ground. The other was the purified water. Oh. Like the, the good water. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway... Um, diseases like smallpox and measles and typhus really devastated many indigenous communities. For example, those on the island of Hispaniola, which we discussed in our Haiti episode. I think we talked about this anyway. They suffered losses in the millions due yes. to some of these yeah. infectious diseases. And the Cocolizzi outbreak we'll be discussing wasn't the first among the Aztecs. There had been a small, po- a bad smallpox epidemic in 1520, so just before... Um, the Spanish Empire took over, and a big measles outbreak that started in 1530 and lasted for several years. Um, In fact, the smallpox epidemic, because it happened when it did, a year before the Aztec Empire was conquered, um, it basically weakened the Aztecs enough that they could be conquered. It it was key, that outbreak was key to the Spanish Empire um, taking over in New Spain, so... So this Cocolizzi outbreak is kind of going to have a little more nuance and mystery to it than just, uh, oh, the Spanish brought over this disease and it wiped out a bunch of Aztecs. So we'll get into that a little bit. Um, But I just wanted to cover sort of the overall concept of what disease really did to indigenous peoples um, and how it, it wasn't just the war and subjugation that indigenous peoples were subjected to by colonizers. It was also, epidemics played a big part in it. Sounds like it was mostly disease. I mean, yeah, you had the other well, two the things. Well, the 90%, yeah. yeah and you that, had the other two mm-hmm. things thrown in just for good measure. It sure was a big part of it, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So this Kukulitsi outbreak, and this was also not the only one, but this was the biggest. So. so so what year is this building up again? I'm sorry. August 1545 was the beginning of okay. this Kukulitsi outbreak. Yeah. So at this time, you've had roughly close to 50 years of 
Spanish expansion no. into this part of the Earth. Well, well, yeah, I guess because you're saying yeah. Columbus, yes. yes. Uh-huh, yes, you're right. And, like, 24 years of the Spanish Empire having taken over the yeah. Aztec Empire, yes. Mm-hmm. So it's been five harsh decades yeah, for it's these been just people. Awful, yes. So by all accounts, and from what can be term- determined today by the records of the time... It wasn't one of the usual diseases, this Coglitzi outbreak. So this wasn't a smallpox outbreak. It wasn't a flu outbreak. It wasn't a typhus outbreak. It wasn't something that at this time would be noticeable. No, that would be um, identifiable. It was right, certainly that's what, that's noticeable. What I mean. or, well, well I, yes, identifiable. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like people could look at, you know, measles, stuff like that. And be like, and oh, like, that's they have, what that is. Yeah. But right. This, it was not as identifiable. This mm-hmm. is like, okay, what mm-hmm. is going on? So now, like I said, this was not the only Kukulitsi outbreak during this period. There were at least six in the 16th century alone in this area, but this one was the worst as far as deaths were concerned. So it's thought that the outbreak probably started near modern-day Puebla City, which is like 93 miles or 150 kilometers east-southeast of Mexico City, so in Mexico. Uh, and it didn't take long for the disease to spread. It definitely, for sure, went all the way down to Guatemala, but may have even crossed into South America, including Ecuador and Peru. So okay. it really spread south. Didn't really spread all that far north. Um, and it was mainly concentrated in modern-day Mexico. So it was also the worst in highly elevated areas. So, like, the mountains, and, and almost not at all along the coast, which was kind of interesting. Um, so there's certain concentrations. I imagine that was because of um, certain travel paths and that sort of thing. So, now the name Kokolitsi is a Nahuatl word, so the language of the Aztecs. That translates into pestilence or plague or pest, so something like that. The Spanish people in New Spain also were not any more enlightened than the Aztecs were as to what this disease really was. They called it pujamiento de sangre, which translates to full bloodiness. So we're going to get into the symptoms now. Okay. Yep. Uh, Sounds like full bloodiness is a symptom. (laughs) Yeah. They weren't entirely different from the standard infectious diseases, but there is a general consensus that it was something different from any of them. The biggest symptoms were fever, no shock there, like with most infectious diseases, yep. Nosebleeds mm. and jaundice. So, uh, you know what jaundice is? Isn't that when your body stiffens up? Isn't that? No, I think you're thinking like you mean like lockjaw like yeah. from tetanus, no. It's um a yellowing of the oh, skin. Oh god. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. It's um usually because of liver issues, specifically um high bilirubin levels. Bilirubin is a um compound in the blood. So essentially like your liver isn't filtering out things like it should normally be able to. More or less. Okay. I didn't get super into that cuz I was like looking at the Wikipedia articles and well, I'm like I don't understand this. I'm just going to sort of mention it and move along. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe a basic understanding of it would be that. It's related to yeah, the liver. I sure. know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um anyway, I would imagine that the nosebleeds were one of the reasons that it was called full bloodiness, but it's not the only one because it gets worse. Oh, God. Symptoms also included internal bleeding, oh. so of the gastrointestinal system that caused bloody diarrhea, oh. as well as <laughs> this is this it gets bad bleeding from the eyes, mouth, and vagina. <sighs> 
So it just sounds hello full bloodiness. It definitely that's an appropriate name. So is plague and pestilence. So Kukulitsi makes sense. It came on really quickly in people. So like one day you're fine, the next day you're like stricken with this. And the next day you're yellow. <laughs> basically. And most people died within a week of contract uh. who did die died within a week of contracting it. So it just mowed through people, you know. As for whom it affected, it's actually not super clear as to whether Kokolitsi was something that was specifically brought over or other by otherwise immune Spaniards and therefore affected the Aztecs and the indigenous peoples more than the colonizers. But but part of the reason that's a little ambiguous is most of the accounts of the disease came from Aztec people. So that have might have that might have skewed the perception a little more towards it was more Aztec people who were contracting the disease. And also, it's possible that the Spanish used the way the disease was affecting the Aztecs in the old, this is God's punishment on you routine, you know, because the Spaniards were highly Catholic, trying to impose their religion upon the indigenous peoples. Still are. So that might also have made it seem like it affected the Aztecs more. There are certainly accounts of at least some Spanish people having contracted Cocolizzi. So at the very least, it wasn't solely Aztecs who were stricken. So at any rate, the... It was was just mostly. Well, again, we don't know for sure. Uh, Don't know for sure. Um, At any rate, the outbreak lasted until 1548. So it lasted like three years. Death tolls in some Aztec villages were racking up to 400 to 1,000 people per day. So just hundreds of people just falling. Uh, And this is at a time when... I mean, there are only so many cities on Earth at this point, mm-hmm. and this is just... Right, this is a huge number of people in yeah. proportion to the overall population. Yeah. Absolutely. And in the end, the estimate of overall deaths is such a big range because of the time and because it's always hard to pin down when the death toll is so huge, but it is thought that 5 million to 15 million which is a huge range, like I said, it's like a variation of 10 million, died overall, which makes this outbreak one of the worst epidemics in world history. Wow. No Spanish flu, or no, no 1918 flu epidemic, but it also wasn't a global epidemic, whereas the flu was. Sure. Um, this is concentrated. This is concentrated in a very specific area, yeah. And in that concentrated area, it sounds like it wiped out... Uh, Most people. Yeah. Just a huge number of people. Wow. Yeah. So let's get into the, like, what Kukulitsi may have been and the potential causes. This is actually pretty interesting. Um, Kukulitsi is a little mysterious, even to this day, but we're going to get into that a, a little bit more. At the time of the outbreak, it had its own name, Kukulitsi, because it was being recognized as something new, something that didn't fit into, like, the the standard litany of diseases um but soon after it was over the spanish started identifying it as typhus because it was the closest thing it resembled and typhus was actually a pretty newly recognized disease even in spain and it was kind of left with that ambiguous identification for several centuries until historian germain somolinos d'ardois Dardois. Yeah, I, Dardois. Will, I will accept that. If we had a little bell, I wouldn't. Ding. 
Oh, we still need to get our pit belt. Yes. Um, concluded that it was some sort of, quote, viral process of hemorrhagic influence. Yeah, that so just meaning... That, that's, that just... <laughs> it sounds just sounds bad. awful. It's infectious. Imagine going to a doctor and that's what he tells you what is happening to you. Basically what he's saying is infection and blood. <laughs> God. Um, it was most likely not... Yeah, the, the, what he concluded was it was most likely not native to New Spain. I think this was around 1970 that this guy was looking into it. But rather, his theory was that it had been brought over from Europe by the Spanish. And then other people who built on Dardois' work further theorized that the virus may have been brought over by rats on Spanish mm. ships, specifically. So a zoonotic illness. Now, this is where it gets kind of interesting. Much more recently, as in this year, 2018, an evolutionary geneticist named Johann Krauss made some new discoveries when they extracted DNA from the teeth of people who were buried in the area of Mexico where the outbreak occurred and who were specifically known to have died from Kokolitsi. So he extracted this DNA from their teeth, and in the DNA of some of these people, they found... A type of salmonella called salmonella enterica. Enterica? Now, this could have led to not a viral infection, but a bacterial infection, which would change the mm-hmm. game quite a bit. <clears throat> now, that bacterial infection could have led to a kind of illness called enteric fever, which would have looked an awful lot like typhus. So that's one of the reasons they think maybe that's the way it went. So it's not really conclusive, but it does add a new dimension to this whole thing. And overall, it's still a research in progress, which goes to show how long it can really take for the causes and effects of a disaster to really be understood. It's almost 500 years I was later. Say, yeah. And they're still trying to figure it out. So I think that's really interesting. Um, this is a, ser- a theory with some backing because they did find this strain of salmonella in the body of a woman in Norway who died of the inf- of this infection in the 13th century. So it seems pretty clear that it was around in Europe before 1545, which makes it um, more likely that, yes, it was brought over by the Spanish, you know, if it, it was also found in, in Europe. And it's thought that the bacteria first transferred from pigs to humans in Europe during the Neolithic period, which is like roughly 10,000 BCE to about 2000 BCE. Some scientists speculate it wasn't just the bacteria, but like a lot of aggravating factors that sort of contributed to it and how severe it was. And anyway, I thought it was really interesting that finding out exactly what caused this outbreak is still a work in progress, like 500 years later. No kidding. Yeah. So regardless of the initial cause and whether the Spanish brought it over from Europe or it was native to New Spain, the social and the political climate of the region absolutely contributed to making this Cocolizzi outbreak as deadly as it was. The Aztec people who had been subjugated by the Spanish were forced into like little agricultural groups called reducciones or congregations, which brought them into very close contact with each other and with animals. So this made it easier to spread disease, uh, being in close contact with each other. And if animals played a part in it, like if rats were, they were in more close contact with animals, too. So if there was a zoonotic origin, that could have been the case, too. So anyway, pretty interesting, I, I think. So 
Obviously, the deaths of 5 to 15 million people in the span of a few years was devastating, not only to, like, on a personal human level to their friends and family and everything, but that many people suddenly being wiped out changes the entire landscape of a region, you know? Especially at this point in time. Yes, yes. And especially, so they were, it was in an agricultural society, which basically everything was an agricultural society, more or less. The loss of so many people meant the loss of many agricultural workers, which led to significant food shortages for all of those residing in New Spain. And the deaths of so many Aztec people also gave the Spanish a lot of opportunity to seize the land that was left behind. Sure. And more leverage to make the lives of those who survived tougher. Yeah. In the end, the first Cocolizzi outbreak, or this Cocolizzi outbreak, killed an estimated 80% of Mexico's native population. This one epidemic. And that percentage reached closer to 95% in some areas. Oh my god. This Cocolizzi outbreak, while the most devastating in body count, was not the last of this disease. There was one in 1576. So, like, within 30 years. And then ones in 1736 and 1813. In about 180 years, uh, between the Spanish conquest beginning in in 1519 through 1700, the total Aztec population dropped from about 25 to 30 million to less than 2 million. Wow. So in 200 years, this Jesus, this group of people... Just about gone. More or less. And that was a result, of obviously, a combination of war, disease, outbreak, and you know, the, just the subjugation during colonialization. So, so despite the semi-genocide of the Aztec people, you know, whether deliberate or through these outbreaks and whatnot... People of Aztec descent do still live in Mexico, in, in modern-day Mexico. It's thought that that the descendants of the Aztecs um, number about one to one and a half million, and they have preserved the Nahuatl language as well, which is where the word cocolizzi comes from. There have been various revivals of Aztec culture throughout the centuries, including the Mexican Revolution of the early 20th century. Aztec culture, as many cultures, is also ripe for cultural appropriation, and several Mexican writers have criticized the use of Aztec symbols in modern-day Mexico as being politically motivated, you know, drawing on an ancient culture for the purpose of trying to persuade people into their own sort of political agendas. So convenient cultural revivalism. So, and that was the story of Cocolizzi. Another just odd, crazy... So much randomness in history. Yeah. Random disasters in history, you know? Yeah. I mean, not not literally random, but just stuff you wouldn't have well, known this about, was you know? somewhat deliberate. Um, I know. He, he Sorry, was, we're he's taking just, a cute break. Our, yes. I think, it needed, I, think it's, cute. I think it's photo time. It's photo time. <laughs> All right. I'm sure this is making for fascinating <laughs> podcasting. We'll put this picture We will up. put it up. Yeah. Okay, continue. <laughs> but, um... So it was deliberate in it was deliberate in the Spanish going to these parts of the world and trying to take over. Oh, the conquering but, was absolutely deliberate, obviously. But I don't think they were thinking, well, we'll bring along a disease no. and wipe them out that way. There's, like, there's that's, no evidence that seems to indicate that this was yeah, done deliberately. So it, so that part of it is somewhat random. 
But the uh, it, it was unintended consequences. Sure. Sort of, yeah. Actually, yeah. Again. Unintended, but very convenient for the mm-hmm. Spanish Empire. God, and yeah. that's just that's just one story. In this mm-hmm. one, it was millions of people that died. Right. But there are many, 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 many stories where it's hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people right. dying yep. through one through. You know, a, a conquest, essentially. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I honestly think that's why, it, that's kind of what got me into Game of Thrones, was it looks like it could have happened. The barbarism of yes. that, that era. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the the places have different names and stuff like that. And it's all the, fictional, yeah. Right, but it it's filmed on Earth. Yeah, well, you know? the dragons kind of make it. That's where, yeah, that's where it goes a little, but, you know. And the, and the White Walkers or whatever. True. There's a little bit of, but you have to have the, you know, the fantasy angle in there a little bit. But as far as, like, the... Do you, though? Yes. To Why? make it, just to make it a little more compelling. Because you can only have so many battles where it's humans killing other humans. You need some dragons You need some dragons. You need people. some giants. Giants are fun. Yeah. I like that statement. Giants are fun. <laughs> they are. Yes, they're a lot of fun. You know, you, you want to have one, you know, on your side when you're, you know, about to clash with a couple thousand people. There you go. But uh, I'm really glad I was born in 1977. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Never had to deal with any of this kind of shit. I, I kind of. There are times when I really think that we were born in like a golden age, and by golden age, I mean. Yeah. When, you know, the internet's all a thing and, you know, there's so much that's so easy about See, and I, our lives. And I'm glad I was kind of born. I didn't really get to experience the internet until I was an adult. And I'm Yeah, and I'm I get very, those nuances. I'm very happy for that. But but I I feel like we're we're like alive during the golden age and we're gonna die before things get really shitty. Because yeah, we'll I think I think they are that again my nihilistic view of things <laughs> is that the human species is going to go extinct because of what we're doing to the earth. Pure speculation on my part, but I do think there's some evidence for it. Um, I will give my final thoughts on the future history of humans after Fallout seventy six. Okay, <laughs> but I just you know so I feel like we were born after a lot of awful shit happened. Now of course awful shit happens all the time, but. Um, and we're going to die before a bunch of really awful shit goes down. So I'm kind of happy to be born, to have been born when I am. Yeah, I'm very much so. But yeah. anyway. And and I'm, I'm glad I'm not of a people that has been, con- like, was is out <laughs> to be conquered. So people are, uh, it's horrible. It's horrible what has happened to just... The genocides against indigenous peoples is just appalling. Oh, and it's, and it's rampant. I mean, it's... It's, it still happens. Yeah. It still happens. Yeah. You know, I mean, and in, like, in vast and horrible ways, like, you know, genuine genocides and, and stuff like that, and it, it still happens in micro ways, too. You know, like um, gentrification and just trying to drive out people from their homes, basically from their places of origin. Um, and it's well, we, really we had a really we had a really fun example of that uh, during the uh, hurricane in New Orleans. Yeah. Who were the people that were, were affected by that? Yeah. The people who couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why couldn't they get out? 
they were poor and... Because they had no means yep. to, to get out. Yep. And, uh, and, yep. 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 So. We're horrible. People are horrible. <laughs> By we, I just mean human beings. We're terrible to each other. So. I try to look on, uh, I, I look at it from my force perspective. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a light side. Yeah, there's a dark, dark side. side. And apparently there is also a gray side where you have elements of both. Hmm. That's Very a, deep. That's a new thing for the Jedi. For me, anyway. In the new movie or something? Yeah, that's what the speculation is that Rey oh. is a, she is a gray Jedi. Oh. So. And there is Star Wars corner for this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ca- was- catch our Star Wars podcast <laughs> that doesn't exist either. <laughs> it, it might one day. It might. Who knows? Our first topic will be the gray Jedi. Great Jedi. <laughs> All right. So that was the Cocalizzi outbreak. Or just to make it dramatic, Cocalizzi. That was the Cocalizzi. Cocalizzi. Cocalizzi outbreak. Yes. I'm just going to title this episode Cocalizzi. Cocalizzi. And this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.